All right, Brother Randy Levins gets to teach us today and encourage us today. Y'all give him a big shout of praise. Come on. You clap him of praise. Thank you. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord? Well, you wouldn't know. I don't like holding anything. Last time I held one of these, I got excited and hit somebody on the front row. So everybody here is safe today. So I'm not much on holding stuff. So if I just set it down and preach, because I can preach this loud, I'll assure you. You know, I learned a long time ago coaching, your voice has to reach out a long ways, all right? So Shauna tells me all the time that my voice can reach out a long ways. <laughs> Amen. If you got your Bibles today, if you got your Bibles, hold them up. Come on, get them up there. If you hadn't got your hand, Bible, hold your hand up because you're going to receive today. How many of you need to receive something today? Well, nearly everybody. Some of you don't know yet. We'll get there in a minute. The title of the sermon is, Where's Your Marbles? I heard early this morning and said that's not grammatically correct. It is if you're country. Amen. Everybody say, where's your marbles? We're going to get there. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. This is going to be a short message. It's going to be shorter than that. I worked out this morning, and I drank about a gallon of water. So it's going to be a real short message. <laughs> Amen? Let's read. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. Lord God, we just pray this morning. Lord, I, sh I pray a short prayer. Send the fire. God, send the fire to this place. Lord, I pray send revival to America and send it to San Angelo. Lord, light this place up that we could get excited about what you did on the cross. If nothing else around us, Lord, we pray your glory be down upon us this day. Verse 9 begins, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. It doesn't say that his brothers weren't good old boys. How many of you know some good old boys? But it just says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We start out understanding that Jabez's mother named him. I want to I ask you something I thought about a while ago when I was walking up here. How many of you were named by your mother? Raise your hand. Oh, that's nearly everybody in here. I got to thinking about that, and I thought, man, where was Dad at? <laughs> he was just paying the bills. Amen. <laughs> but his name was about, he, she named him because he was, in pain or she was in pain the circumstances it doesn't say exactly all we know is that there was pain 
And so she named him Jabez. Jabez is a short meaning, short word. It's the only time it's used in the Bible, and it says it's a painful experience. It's a painful circumstance. His name meant pain. Now, I don't know about you, but I bet there's not one single person in this room named Jabez. Amen? Is there anybody named pain? I mean, I don't know about you, but self-esteem had to shoot right out the window on that one right there. I mean, you like every time that you walked out the door, hey, there's pain. Hey, there's somebody that's in pain. There's some painful stuff going on in his life. He had to be going, oh, man, why did she name me pain? And I ask you, is there anybody in here named Jabez? But, but see, there might be somebody in here. There might be somebody in here walking around in pain today. There may be somebody in here walking around in darkness and doubt. There may be somebody in here walking around and you got failure in your life and it's all upon you. There may be somebody in here it's like, man, I'm a little depressed about everything going on. See, there just may be a Jabez in the house today. But Jesus went to the cross. And it says here, Jabez was given honor by God for a one-verse prayer. See, his name didn't change. Sometimes in the Bible, they change their names. God just says, I want to change your name from Jacob to Israel. I want to change your name. And, and see, God didn't change his name. He didn't change that pain. But what he did was, I want to change your status. And your status of honor is going to override your name of pain. How many of you need a new status a new status of honor and glory. God wants to give that this morning. If you're willing to receive it, God wants to give it to you. I want to start with the prayer. Such a short prayer. I know some of you have maybe even prayed something like this prayer before. The first word in the prayer is, Oh. You know, I looked that word up. I'm pretty slow. So I looked that word up and I said, oh, Lord, what does that word mean? And he said, oh. <laughs> and I go, well, I'm that sharp. Amen. You know? But see, it's not just a word, oh, right? How many of you ever been in a situation and all of a sudden it was wow? And you said, oh, everybody in here. Right? Because see, I looked it up and it's an emotional word. It's not something you just go, oh, oh. But see, he was praying a prayer from his heart because he needed a change. He needed a change so much that he started the prayer with, Oh, God. Oh, God. How many of you have been there? I guarantee you nearly everybody in this room is going, Oh, God. But I started off, Oh, God, bless me. 
See, sometimes you get in such a situation and the pain's so great and everything around you feels like you just stepped into garbage. And you look around and you go, oh God, bless me. You notice the prayer's not specific. Sometimes you get in a situation and you go, God, bless me. I'll take anything because anything's better than where I am right now. You know, one time Sean and I went through a situation, oilfield crash in 1986. There was no work. There was nothing. San Angelo looked like a ghost town. Anybody remember 1986? Wow, was it ugly. We would drive through town. There wouldn't be three cars on the road. Everybody was broke, couldn't find work, couldn't find anything. Sean and I lost everything. We lost our home. We lost our car. Let me tell you what you lose real quick. You lose your pride. You be lose nothing. We yelled out, oh, God, that you would bless us. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what we were going to do. And we didn't care. God, bless us. But see, he didn't stop there. There's one little word. He said, indeed. I love that word. I had to look it up, too. Amen. I graduated from Snyder High School. Then I went to Tech, got a degree there. Then I really got an education. I have a degree from Prairie View A&M. If you've never been to Prairie View A&M, it's an interesting place. Amen. Amen. I loved it. Greatest professors I've ever had. Okay, Prairie View A&M. I understood what it looked like and meant to be a minority for the first time in my life. Because I walked in the first class and I looked around and I said, well, praise God. I am the only white person in this building. <laughs> Amen? I started walking a little different. <laughs> I love, I love the place. Those professors would get up there and they would begin to teach us out of the pain and everything that they had walked through to get where they had gotten. It opened my heart up and my mind to another place, another time. But the word indeed, I want to go back one, one little bless. You know, you know, when we say that word, Lord bless me, do we really know what we're praying that word means invoke divine favor upon me. I want God invoke divine favor upon me. I want to tell you something, guys. Looking out at this audience, the Lord gave me a vision this morning, early, about you. Okay? And I love that when the Lord does that. And he showed me all the people that are hurting right now. Showed me all the people that walked around in pain. He said, you tell them what happened to Jabez. Because what happened to Jabez can be them this morning. Amen. And it says, he paused there and he says, indeed. That word indeed, we use it all the time. But it means reality. It means indeed. It means God's going to bless you without question in reality, for real, right now, 
When you pray that prayer, expect it right now. So many times I hear people go, oh, Lord, I, I, just, I just need something, Lord. And I say, well, did you really expect something out of that prayer? Well, I don't know. But I'm praying. See, guys, expectancy, okay, is the key word with God. He's looking in your heart, and he wants to know, are you expecting it? Are you expecting it later or right now? When we pray, we need to pray with expectancy that it's going to happen this second. You know, I'll assure you, when I pray for you, I pray that God's going to heal you right now. Not an hour from now or not two years from now, but immediately right now that God is going to heal you. The person that's got a problem on the right side of their face, their jaw or whatever it is. I've been praying for you already this morning. Amen. It's a serious prayer. It wasn't, Lord, bless the meat. We all did that Thanksgiving. Amen. I bless it, Lord. All right. And, but this is a serious prayer. With all of his heart, everything. He'd been wrapped around all of his life in pain and walking in that circumstance. But he needed something from God. He needed a change in his life. How many of you really need a change in your life right now? Amen? I mean, if you're walking with God, you need a change. Because I'm not... there's sometimes I preach faster than my head will let me think. Amen? But inside, it's going at a 90 miles an hour. We need the fire of God to be set loose in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, that when we walk down the streets, they go, man, Jesus is here. Jesus is here today. Amen? And He's ready to set you ablaze because you need to be set on fire. I listened to a message, and it was a, a CD about revival at Brownsville in 1995, 1996. And all of a sudden, I, I saw things this morning. It was just over and over again, and the fire of God come rushing in there. And I, just as I did that, I got a text from a, a brother of mine, one of my mentor boys, and, and he said, I see the fire coming this morning in that sanctuary. And I thought, hallelujah, God. Bring it on. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Jabez wanted a supernatural anointing from God. A blessing. We need a blessing. And indeed, we need a supernatural move of God in our life. The second word he said was, enlarge my borders. Enlarge my territory. I looked at that and I go, wow. Several times, Sean and I have prayed that prayer. When we stepped out of the pastorate, it, it was uh, an obedience act to God, but it was dragging your feet out the door. Everything in church was wonderful. It was a blessing. I had the greatest leadership, the elders and deacons. Uh, Mario was one of them. He's here today. and it, I just can't tell you what it was like with those men, serving with those men. And I cried and I wept. I think I had claw marks on the carpet coming out. But I knew God said it's time to move. When God says it's time to move, you better move. We didn't know where God <laughs> bless us. Amen. We went to bed that night. We said, we're starting a new ministry. We need a title for the ministry. We didn't have a clue, guys. I'm just telling you, stepping out by faith. Faith candle. 
And all of a sudden that night we said, we prayed together holding hands, crying out, God bless us. And I said, Lord, we need a word from you. We need, we need a direction. We, we need a title. And so I woke up in the middle of the night with this scripture, and I was like, man, what does that scripture say? But at 3 o'clock in the morning, you just, <laughs> okay, I'll wake up and get it in the morning, Lord. Well, Shauna woke up, and she said, the Lord gave me a scripture last night. I said, the Lord gave me a scripture last night. So we ran, got the Bible, pulled it up, and each one of the scriptures started out, he who overcomes shall. And so I looked at her, and I said, I think God's pretty specific on that one. So our ministry is called He Who Overcomes. Amen? Let me tell you, God wants to take you and enlarge your borders like you've never been. He wants to touch you and take you to a place that you have never even thought about or dreamed about. We had no idea where the Lord was going to take us. We thought, well, we'll go into Mexico. And Margie and Mario have been there every step of the way. And we've preached to thousands of people in Mexico. And saw hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds come to Jesus. And then all of a sudden the Lord said, I'm going to enlarge your territory. So he took us to this little place called China. It's a long drive over to China. I can tell you that right now. And all of a sudden we started going to places. Can I tell you what I see going on in China? Most of y'all, you don't see it. You don't understand it because you don't get a picture of uh, from anybody there for sure. But China has become the most persecuted nation against Christians in the world. And we have good friends that we have preached with, we have ministered with, that we love, that have been thrown in jail, that have been beaten and beaten and set loose, recaptured and beaten and beaten again and they are so on fire for God that they're just like come on glory bring it on we're ready for your presence see God we had no ideas but when you start crying out enlarge my borders Lord see it's more than that enlarge my life with you Jesus en enlarge my friends I think he did some of that at Thanksgiving. I, I can tell that uh, I'm a little bit larger than I was before. But it enlarged my checking account. Enlarge the ministry. Enlarge, Lord. But the greatest line in the prayer, it comes next. When it says that your hand might be with me, their hand, God's hand, might be with you. See, guys, there's a curse installed in every blessing. Let me explain that. With every blessing, you have an opportunity to get comfortable. And we forget the blessor. See, guys, we get real comfortable real quick with the great blessings that God has given us. And we forget the one who blessed us. That's a curse and ever blessing built in. So what God's saying is, I'm going to bless you. I have blessed you. So give me thanks and give me praise. And he was saying, Lord, enlarge my borders. Give me those things. But God, but God, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God, I don't care about all the stuff, but God, don't take your hand from me. God, don't take your anointing away from me. Uh, I was reading a story the other day, and it's another message that maybe one day I'll bring. And it's about Elisha, about the places that he went, okay, with Elijah right before Elijah was taken up. And it means so much, guys. Dig into it and look at it. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't allow himself to be moved away from Elijah's presence because he wanted the anointing from God. He didn't want just an anointing. He wanted the double anointing from God. Some of us need a double anointing this morning. Amen. Some of us just need a fire of God that anoints you that you can do what God wants you to do. He's called every one of you to be a preacher. I told that to somebody, goes, man, you don't know. I can't talk. I said, really? Can you write? Well, yeah. Then you're a preacher. Then write something that glorifies the name of Jesus. I, I, I have an author that I read. I've read most of all of his books. One of the greatest authors in today's Christian world. His name is Bob Sorge. Anybody heard that name? Bob Sorge. He wrote several books that, that Sean and I have read and a lot that I've uh, shared with the mentor group. One of them is called Envy, the Enemy Within. One of them is, uh, <laughs> I don't even go to all of them, but see, Bob Sorge was a song leader. He was a praise leader in a church of 4,000 people. Then he moved up and became a pastor, and he's pastoring in a church of 3,000 people. How many of you know he's up here? When you got that many people, and he glorified God all the time, praised God, understood. He goes in to have a little small surgery on his neck, and he walks out, and he can't talk. He can't utter a word. His life was shattered. He couldn't preach. He couldn't teach. All the things he couldn't sing anymore. He began to give God glory. He began to give God praise for his life. And the fire that he put inside him, the excitement that he put inside him, God, I just praise you. I don't praise you for this, but I praise you because you're worthy of praising. He got a pen in his hand and he began to write. Guys, if you want to read something that will stir your heart, start reading books by Bob Sorge. It's like God is just speaking through the pages. Now he can't even hardly utter a word. And a friend of ours went to see him. And he just took a tablet and write. He said, glory to God, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. We need to be ready for a blessing. Anticipating. I'm anticipating <laughs> things. Like shedding off of you this morning, like you took a coat off. See, I see it. Mm. We're going to get there in a minute. What time is it? I told John I'd be short. I want to tell you a story. It's cooler down here. 
Am I off the camera? Where is the camera anyway? Hi. <laughs> I want to tell you a story, and I hope you remember this all your life. See, the title of the message is called, Where's Your Marbles? Amen. That's the first time I got that message, uh, the title to it, a week or so ago, I thought, Lord, the first thing they're going to think about is we lost our marbles. How many of you ever heard that? You lost your marbles? Yeah. And so what I was going to do this morning, I was going to do something fun. I like fun things in church, you know. So I was going to bring this big old bag of marbles. Amen. And everybody going to get a marble. And Cam called me and he said, Randy, we got all the little kids coming in church. And Sean on the way to church, she goes, Randy, you know how much fun it would have been if every little kid had a marble? And it was, <laughs> I said, well, amen, it'd be lively in church. Everybody got a marble. There was a young man, and he was from Colorado, and he goes to Idaho for a job for a few months. He was a city boy going to the country. And he walked into this little country store one day because he needed some, some food and some supplies. And I'm going to say this, you young folks don't understand, uh, but anybody that's my age and older, you will grab this picture. He walked into this little country store, and they had all the peas and all the beans sitting out. Apples were sitting out, and you walk in, and you walked in the store, and his old wooden floor. And it was just a mom-and-pop organization. It was just country. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was real country. So he walks in, and he's looking at these peas. And he thought, man, them cream peas, they sure look good. And all of a sudden, this young boy walks in. And he was so poor. He was just in rags. And the owner of the store walks over and he said, Barry, how are you doing today? He said, oh, fine, sir, fine. He said, Barry, how's your mama? He said, well, sir, she's uh, getting along better now. She's sitting up now, doing okay. He said, well, I'm glad to hear that. Barry, what can I help you? He said, oh, sir, MPs sure look good. And he said, Barry, would, would you like a, a sack of them peas to take home to you and your family and your mama? He said, yes, sir. But I don't have any money, sir. I don't have anything to pay you for the peas. He said, well, Barry, you know, I sure like marbles. You don't happen to have a, one of them real shiny red marbles on me, do you? No, sir. All I got, and he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out this green one. He said, sir, all I've got is this green marble here. He said, he said well, that's a good-looking marble. But I sure like red marbles. He said, well, sir, I don't have red marble. He said, well, Barry, let me tell you. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you a sack of them peas. And when you go home, and one day on your way by or something, why don't you come on back in, 
and I'm going to give you, and you give me a red marble. You got one? He said, well, kind of, sort of. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And he left. And the young man was standing there watching this, and Mrs. Miller came up, and she said, there's two others in our village here out in the country. They're poor, too. And they come in all the time, and he'll trade them. And they'll bring that back that red marble, and he'll change his mind. And he'll say, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you grab this sack of apples and take it home? And then next time, but I'm partial to green today and not red. And he said, it happens all the time. She said, yeah, he loves those three boys. And so they go home with a sack every time they come. The young man moved back to Colorado. Years and years had gone by. And all of a sudden he wanted to go see his family, his friends in Idaho. So he goes and, and so he gets there and that morning he said, man, it's good to be back in a, a country town again. And they said, well, we hope you don't have anything planned because Mr. Miller passed away. And they're having a viewing today and, and would you like to go with us? He said, oh, I love Mr. Miller. I would. And so they go, and there's a long line because everybody in the, the village area loved Mr. Miller. And so they were getting closer and closer, and he looked up, and he saw a young man dressed in an Army suit, an Army uniform that was sharp, clean-cut hair, everything. And the two young men standing beside him were in coat and tie, and they were dressed up. They looked like businessmen. They looked like somebody of value and importance. And he was noticing them as they walked up, kissed Mrs. Miller on the cheek, said something to her. And one at a time, they walked up. They walked up to the casket, bent over, grabbed the hand of Mr. Miller, stood there, tears running down their faces, and walked out the door. He was next in line. He said, Mrs. Miller, you probably don't remember me, but I was a young man back in the day, and, and I came in here and and I saw this scene that I'd never th thought I'd see before with a young man named Barry. And she said, Barry was one of those young men. She said, it's so good to see you. She said, let's go see what they left at the casket. She said, they kissed me on the cheek and said, Mr. Miller was everything to us. He blessed us. So she goes up, and all of a sudden she moves his hand, and it was three of the brightest, shiniest red marbles that you have ever seen. And they told Mrs. Miller, finally, we can pay him back for all the love that he gave us.
See, guys, please listen to these words. The word says, do not send any harm. Do not allow any harm to be upon me. His words in the prayer. See, guys, when you're greatly blessed, Satan greatly comes. And what he's saying is, I'm going to cry out for a blessing. And I, God, I thank you for it. But God, stop the hand of the enemy. And God says, I honored his prayer. If you want to be blessed, then bless somebody else. You want to be a, a giver, then give to somebody else. You want finances, then give. You want a healing, then comfort somebody. See, Mr. Miller, she told the young man, Ms. Miller did, we've never had nothing. But today, Mr. Miller is the richest man in Idaho. Are you hearing me, guys? The prayer of Jabez said, And God honored this man called Pain. He didn't change his name, he changed his status. There's somebody here today that needs your status changed from just somebody. Because you're not just somebody. There's somebody here today that you have never sold out to Christ. Well, you might have even walked that aisle or another aisle. But you've really never given Jesus everything. See, guys, I walked the aisle at 14 years old. And 17, he called me to preach the gospel. So at 17, I ran to hell. Because I knew, how could anybody use somebody like me? Until one day, I walked the aisle and said, Lord, I give you everything. I don't just give you a head shake and ask you to save me. God, I give you my heart. I give you everything. There's a difference. Are you hearing me? Close your eyes with me right quick. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask one time quickly. You're sitting in the seat today. And you've never really understood how Christ loved you so much. That he would die for you. He would bleed for you. He would suffer for you. Jabez cried out, bless me. And Jesus hung on the cross, stretched out his arms and said, I'm blessing you with my life. There's somebody here today. You might have even walked the aisle before, but you never gave it to Jesus. But today... God is crying out in your heart. Today is a day. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I could see you? I want to pray for you this morning. I see that hand, that hand. I see those hands. Okay.
Anybody else? His hands going up. There's another one. Anybody else? You've never given him everything. I'm going to ask you to be a little bit more bold than that. Would you stand to your feet now, the ones that have raised your hand? Just the ones that raised your hand. Come on, I've already seen you. Come on now. There you go. Thank you. Would you come here so I could pray for you? I would love to pray for you. Just a second. Come on down, guys. Come on. Please.